Jonathan Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stone. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Today, to reflect on a well-earned point at the London Stadium, I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Uh, good afternoon. And all the way from the States, Zach returns by popular demand. Morning, guys. How are we, chaps? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not not too bad at all, thank you. Not too bad at all. Good stuff. So polite. <laughs> <laughs> So, West Ham 1, Stoke 1, Mikel Antonio's first half header via Glenn Whelan for the uh, opening goal for West Ham, followed 10 minutes later by Bojan coming off the bench to rescue a point for Stoke. Chris, it's been widely considered a good point, if not a great performance. Would you go along with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not a um, it's not a performance or a match that's gonna live long in the memory. Um, it really, really wasn't an interesting game. It has to be said. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's the old cliche. You always taking a you always take a a point away from home in the Premier League. What would it been the best league in the world and all that? Um, but no, I thought. Yesterday, considering how many players we have injured or suspended, um, and the players who came in, I thought they did a, a, a thorough job. Um, could have won it, but I think a point on reflection is probably the fairest result. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy, happy enough with a point. Zach, are you happy with a point? Yeah, I think so. I think with Shaq and Arnie or you know, even just one of them, um, I think I think three points would have would have been possible. Um, you know, I'm I'm always happy to to see Boyan get on the pitch and especially to score. Um, I, I live I live a lot of uh, catharsis through through how he celebrates his goals. So I think that, so that was really important for me on a personal level, which I realize should be a talking point in general. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good to see Ramadan get his first start. I thought he looked really bright. Um, yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried that uh, that Walter's like cheeky little assist there will overshadow um, how shit I think he was for for most of the match. <laughs> um, he's just he's just not a winger. He he can't cross. And he there was this like one early chance where Bonnie put him through. And then instead of either shooting or passing it back, he decided to go like wide to the edge of the box and then just kind of blew the whole opportunity. I don't know. I don't know why why he why he was starting instead of Jew for I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what really what really options we have at that point, but Well, we had uh, Thibaut Verlinden on the bench. That is uh, true. Fifty the number fifty five uh, didn't get on because he's a uh, a youth player, but um, and like twelve years old, yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's like I, d- I don't, I-, I agree with you. I think with either Onatovic or Shakiri, 
we probably would have beaten them because they did look vulnerable on the wing. So it was frustrating to see us get into decent positions, but then Walters is uh, crossing let let him down from on a couple of occasions. Bojan, we're obviously all delighted he scored. We're all big fans of him. Um, do you reckon he, he can force his way back into to the team now? Because it has been a while since he's even come on for Stoke. So how, how big a moment do you reckon this is? I really hope so. I mean, I think when, when he came on, like, Allen moved a little bit further back. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought that worked really well for us. I think I think Boyan has, like, the dribbling and the creativity that Allen doesn't have. Um and that, you know, I'd like to see a formation where, like, the two of them are playing together uh, to both of their strengths. Because Boyan's just, like, too talented to leave on the bench. He comes on, and three minutes later, he's, he scores. And it was an open net, but, like, the technique on that was phenomenal. I, I don't know if I'm, I've made it up in my head. Is Joe Allen now suspended for the next game? Because it... it, it or is he just getting a little bit closer to it? I don't know. Um, there was talk that he was suspended he that you know he picked up another yellow and therefore he was too close to a suspension in that case I don't know I think Hughes has no choice but to play Bojan I mean we all think that Bojan's brilliant and he and he is um and so handsome uh, and and yes (laughs) devilishly handsome but um it does I, I mean I don't know why he wasn't getting on the pitch in the first place um you would you, you would you would hope you would hope that Mark Hughes at this point is has no option but to play him, but he constantly surprises us, does Mark? Um, and we never know what we're gonna see, do we? So yeah, well, it was understandable uh, after the Palace game that we went to that kind of ultra cautious midfield three and Jeff Cameron partnered uh, Glenn Whelan uh, in the in the middle, uh, and that was successful for us. You know, we've gone. Five games unbeaten, oh well, six now uh, unbeaten with a c- compact midfield with Allen as the furthest player forward. And when Joe Allen's not only playing well but scoring goals, it's very hard to to change that. But it was pleasing to see when when we were uh, struggling in the game that he was prepared to take out Whelan. I mean, the Bojan coming off <laughs> Whelan is, some, is is a substitution we've wanted for yeah. For many games yes. this season, I, um, I honestly can't remember the last time the Whelan came off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And also about Bojan, I think he's the best finisher we have in the squad. If if you, if you want a any Stoke player for that chance to fall to, you want it to be Bojan. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the technique to to stick it away. So, yeah, it reminded uh, me a bit of of his goal against Southampton last year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing. That's what he 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 brings to the team. Something I don't know. A little bit more, a little bit more ingenuity to the team. I think. And I mean, at this point, at this point, I don't believe that Mark Hughes will ever drop Glenn Whelan to accommodate Joe Allen in that role and Bojan further forward, which is a shame because it clearly that, worked. Well, it, yeah, it clearly worked. It got us back into the team. Um, and into the team, bloody hell. It got us back into the game. It's... <laughs> but... I, d- I mean, I don't know. I don't know why Bojan's been on the bench forever anyway. Because that's... He's he scored... What is it? He scored twice now from three shots <laughs> this season. Which is a ridiculous record. He, he's come off the bench and 
and proved successful. Um, I, d- I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't I've get got, what the problem I've, is. I've got to give a recognition to Jamie uh, Chatfield on Twitter because uh, last night he was going on a bit of a march about how good Bojan actually is, and there have been like whispers, only like a few comments in the Oatcake forum and stuff, were saying, "Oh, is Bojan too lightweight? Is he still cut out for Premier League football?" <laughs> Oh, now, uh, I've just found um, Jamie's Twitter uh, channel. He said, 13 league goals and 49 appearances, considering a few of those apps are as a sub, and he doesn't play as the main striker. That's a very decent tally. Yeah. And he like lists the scoring records of Juve, Walters, and Crouch. I mean, Bojan scored seven goals last season, where he didn't, he didn't even play. A... He barely yeah, played. He barely... Exactly. So, that, that goes back to what I was saying about him being a natural finisher, and if he can play with Bonnie somehow if we can get some kind of partnership going maybe two up front or Bojan playing as the 10 or whatever there's real potential there I mean he's he's a he's a finisher and he he creates goals too I mean you remember like Shakiri's amazing lob against Everton last year that was because of this beautiful ball over the top from from Boyan or um we beat Man City 2-0. Um, Arnie's second goal after that like great Shakiri pass was because like Boyan saw it coming and read it and just like let that great dummy go through his legs. He just has incredible awareness, and yeah. I think it's a travesty we're not playing him. <laughs> it, I have ulterior motives. <laughs> it, yeah, he, he can be scapegoated when we don't win. If we, if we don't win, you know, he, he's an easy player to kind of round on because mm-hmm. he's he's not strong. He's not, you know, uh, speak for bursting yourself. back fifty yards to put in a last gas challenge or whatever. Uh, but I've got to give credit to one player who I've criticised in their recent past, but uh, by all accounts was po- possibly our best player yesterday. Was Charlie Adam? Uh, could have maybe won it at the end. It was a reasonable stop from the last minute free kick. But uh, by all accounts, Adam has played well yesterday and yeah. and offered something. So do 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 we now have a Whelan Adam midfield now? Oh, I uh, my <laughs> I think I still prefer Cameron <laughs> if he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Charlie Adam had, he did have a really good game yesterday, to be fair to him. And after all the criticism we've thrown at him, it he did, he, he played well. Um, I can't recall him making much in the way of mistakes at all. Um, and, and frankly, I can't, frankly I can't believe you guys lob so much criticism at him because you're in the same country and he can find out where you live and come horror tackle you <laughs> in your house. <laughs> I'm far enough away that I can say whatever I want. <laughs> he, he could probably he could probably uh, hit a free kick over the uh, Atlantic Ocean, Zach. So it would be uh, too, too short. Yeah, I feel like some some of his 30, 30 yard shots definitely end up around here. <laughs> I mean, I think I think going back to your uh, point about will will he now start alongside Whelan? I think what we've discovered about Mark Hughes is he he won't change a successful lineup. He won't if you've played well in the team the previous week, he won't change it uh unless he's forced to do so. So I know we've got the international break now. I fully expect the same lineup. Maybe if if Arnie, if Arnie will be back and Shakiri's fine those two may be the only changing it changes. Um but you think I, even if Cameron is back? 
I do, I do, because I think that Charlie Adams probably the type of character who would, I don't know, not kick up a fuss, but would be the first one to to question why why have I been dropped? And I think that almost, I think Mark Hughes. I don't know. It just seems that in his man management, it's a case of no, no, you're right, right. Well, prove to you, prove it, and now you you have your place until you do bad enough that I drop you. Like I think that's <laughs> that's how you explain Peter Crouch getting on the field. Um, yeah. Um, no. In I, fairness to Adam, I don't think he's been no like no no. I, d- I don't. I don't think he's tweeted no, anything or right, and I don't. Right. I don't think kicked up too much. No, and I don't think Charlie Adam is. Uh, a moaner and going and like complaining about players behind the back or anything like that. I think that he is a very good professional. Um, I just think that I think man Mark Hughes's version of man management is just to try and keep everyone happy. And if you've performed well in the team, if you've if if you've scored a goal, then you get on in the next game. I say that you score a goal. Which would suggest then that Boyan gets to play against Bournemouth, um, but I mean, I, who knows? I would, I think, I don't think he'll change the midfield now. Not until something goes wrong and he ha- and then he changes it for the next game because that just seems to be the way he works. Yeah, it's it's really interesting with our midfield now, with Adam coming in doing well, Bojan coming off the bench and scoring. We've now got, in theory, about five informed players for three positions, plus uh, Imbula still waiting on the bench as well, diligently. Uh, and Affili coming back from injury in a couple months. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're moaning about a good player coming yeah, back it's, to it. It's a ni- it's a, but it's a nice problem to have. It's It's good that this is the situation we're in. Yeah, it's frustrating and you've got several opposing camps of Stoke fans who all like their own individual player. You've got the Afalai camp, the Mbula camp. Some people really love Charlie Adam. And it, and it's great. It's great that we've got these players who all offer something to the team. Um, but obviously Mark Hughes can't play all of them and it's finding that balance where they all... Get, I don't know, yeah. they, they all can fit I, I, in at some point I in the think season. A big criticism that can be laid at Mark Hughes's door is that we've spent 18 million on Imbula, 40 million on Joe Allen, we've got Afalai, Boyan, and still Glenn Whelan is starting. Now, that might be for a very good reason in that he's a defensive midfielder and the others aren't. But when you've spent that mo- amount of money and you still. And the midfield two in our most recent games have been both Tony Pulis players. You do start to question whether Mark Hughes knows what he's doing when he goes after a midfielder. <laughs> I will say that Whelan offered some serious banter yesterday by taking that goal away from Antonio. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I did laugh at that. I did laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Anything despite West Ham. Yeah, did you did you see that, Dave, in his post-match interview? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was very good. And uh, speaking of good banter, uh, Karen Brady's uh, been in the Daily Mirror uh, this morning. The what, what is her role at West Ham? Is it chief executive or something? Uh, but the... Chairwoman? I don't know. She, um, I don't know. She just does things on The Apprentice. That's all I, I know. Yeah. Um, 
She posted an article to the effect of, well, it was only a point against Stoke, but there was no violence in the stand, so that's so that's a, the real result for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Celebration, well guys. We didn't beat anyone up. That's worth a yeah. point. Just, the, just uh, a real, real low bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the London Stadium got a complete kicking from pretty much every Stoke fan who went to the game. It seemed to be they were just like, yeah, it's not a football stadium. You can barely see what is what is yeah, going on. This it is sounds rubbish. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It almost it it almost makes you feel sorry for West Ham fans because. No. I mean, yeah, I say, <laughs> I say, I say, almost because they still they irritate me, but they did have a lot of history, and the bowling yeah. ground, Upton Park, was. I don't know. It was it was one of those good old fashioned football grounds that, yeah, it, it was a good place they've, to visit. They've... Yeah, and now they've got to go through a different zone on the tube yeah. to get a hot dog at half time. And... <laughs> And there's no there's no parking nearby. I noticed this that uh, Stoke Police um, sent out a tweet beforehand saying there's there's no parking at the stadium and the streets around it it's all zoned for um, residents only. So what, where do people park for football? How do you, how does that even happen? How can you have a big stadium like that, fifty sixty thousand seater, and no, we don't offer parking. That's mad. I don't know. It's 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 something to do with London, basically. You you onto it onto hide. Wembley Wembley yeah. has parking. Words. <laughs> like yeah. it's not it's not like it's in the middle of a residential zone like the Emirates or White Hart Lane or uh or like Stamford Bridge or anything. It's it's in the middle of a park. It's specifically designed for people to come to it. Like, oh. I don't know. I like I like how we're we're answering the the big questions today. Yeah, well, like, we're just like really hitting on all the hot topics that all, all everyone wanted to talk about. <laughs> Nothing well, else. Well, the game wasn't that moment. good. Yeah. Boyan in the squad. International break. Parking. <laughs> yeah, this this must be really interesting for you, Zach, in, in an entirely different country. Just yeah, I have I have I have a lot to logistics. say about the parking situation in London. <laughs> so many hot takes. Okay, uh, we'll leave it there for the first half. Join us after the break. Welcome back to part t- part two. Interesting. Welcome back to part two. <laughs> We're joined by Mark Holmes, editor of Planet Football. Uh, Mark, how are you feeling on the back off the back of six unbeaten games for Stoke? A lot better than there was six games ago, for sure. Very, 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> very uh, confident now about the season. I, I had my my moment of panic, like I think most people did after the Palace game, but that's gone now. I'm uh, I'm looking ahead and, and not at all worried. Now, did your moment of panic uh, ever? creep into Hughes out territory or, or was it just uh, a kind of oh god what are we going to do this season kind of thing no it never crept into Hughes out territory for the simple reason that I think when you look at a club like Sunderland who've reacted so many seasons now to things not going so well by changing the manager 
And what that means is that you have so many different managers in charge with different transfer windows that it can send you into years of, of, of you know, spiraling Oh, really, because you never get a manager that you really want because it's hard to get him in the middle of the season. And he never gets enough time to, to squad together. So you've got several different managers putting a squad together. None of them, perhaps, are really first choice. So I was just desperate for Hughes to, to get the win on the board to avoid that because I really do think, you know, whatever misgivings we've got about Hughes, and I've got some myself, I really do think the best thing um, for everybody was that he got at least the rest of this season so that we could then make, you know, a sensible decision on, on what to do next in the summer. Now, we've sort of climbed away from the relegation zone and I think the last few performances have shown that we probably won't be in that conversation, you know, touch wood. But what's a realistic aim for us this season? Is it ninth again? Oh, will, it even, will it be harder to get to ninth uh, this season because quite a few teams have improved? Yeah, it will be harder. It gets harder every season. Um, I mean, every time we finish ninth, you look at the, the, the two or teams above you and think, can we catch them? You've also got to look at the teams that finish below you and think, you know, have they underachieved? And pretty much every season has been teams that have underachieved. It's so it's so close. And, you know, the frustrating thing from our view, every season under here, God, you know, what if we got four or five out of those first six games? But we are where we are and we tend to do well at this part of the season. So, you know, let's see where it takes us. Ramadan made his first start for the club and by all accounts played very well. Uh, from the highlights, there's a great bit after we've just cleared a West Ham chance where Sobi back to win the ball and then starts flying up the pitch. I wasn't expecting him to be so kind of astute defensively. You saw it in the Swansea game when he came on. He was kind of tracking the, tracking the right back and he was uh, making a nuisance of himself defensively. I know he was an unknown quantity, Chris, but were you expecting that when he first joined us? No, I, I wasn't expecting that, um, simply because he, he uh, I don't know, he, he, you, like you say, he was an unknown package, wasn't he, when he, when he came to the team? Um, what he had was, uh, and I don't know, I think... You, 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 tell, you tell me the YouTube highlights aren't 100% realistic all the time? Well, well YouTube highlights do show me. things that happen. <laughs> it's very rarely you get... Uh, a YouTube compilation of things that didn't happen. So <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 very true. And how philosophical <laughs> that was. Um, I saw I saw a stat yesterday that said that Ramadan had uh, he like got the ball back more than any other player uh, on either on other side yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of expecting him to be, I don't know, a pacey. Maybe a bit more lightweight as a uh, winner. Um, wrongly, as as it turned, as uh, as we said last week, he is much more alike to to Marco. Um, he he seems quite strong. He's got that, that lovely ability to just hold off a player, um, and he's he's I don't know. He, he's tricky. I, I'm I'm granted it's only been two games. Impressed with him. I think still got a lot of poorness about him. But from what we saw yesterday, um, I was we said in the first half that Charles man of the match. I think that it was between him and, and Nobby because I don't know. He he impressed. He impressed yesterday. I was just going to say. I think from yesterday, um, the fact that he was up against one of the most powerful right-sided players in the league, 
Mikel Antonio. But Sobby, as you mentioned, two or three times, got goal side of the ball and then run in the opposite direction away, you know, just getting in the way of the ball and, and using his, his strength to hold him off. I was not expecting that. And as you say, he's, he's probably a different proposition to what any of us expected. I think we need to see him delivering the ball a little bit more and probably taking on the man a little more. But I just wonder this time that he spent out of the team, how much he's been working in the gym and on the physical side of things, because it looks as if, you know, as if he's well, just completely different to what to what we expected. Yeah, I think that's probably very true. Um, looking ahead, then we've got three games uh, after the international break: at home to Bournemouth, away to Watford, and at home to Burnley. Now, on the face of that, is nine points too much of an ask? I don't think so. It, it's it's not, but I I, I don't think, think it's going to happen. I, yeah, I, I no. The games in isolation are all winnable, aren't they? But it's just so rare for a team in the middle of the table to put together a run of that length without losing, never mind you know, winning three in a row. That it would be a tall order, but certainly not out, not out of the question, is it? Yeah, I'm just thinking Bournemouth lost at home to Sunderland like, uh, this weekend. Uh, you think they'll be very vulnerable, particularly away from home. Watford have just been spanked 6-1 by, admittedly, a very good Liverpool side. And But, but uh, Burnley, to, for me, are the, are the most dangerous of those three teams. So it, it could be a case of getting results against Bournemouth and Watford and then maybe we come and stuck against Burnley. But either way, if, if, you, if you think how low we felt at Palace and we, we were all looking at this run of games uh, starting at West, West Brom as being... A real opportunity to pick up pick up points. I think the amount of points we've picked up so far, we'd have settled for, you know. So in in a sense, these can all be kind of bonus games for us. Yeah, no, I, I agreed, agreed, really. Um, I mean, yeah, like the only thing really to look out for would be you. You know that they're, they're all on paper winnable games, and therefore something's going to go wrong at somewhere along the line, just because. It's Stoke, and we don't we don't like to do things easily. Um, if if we yeah, if we came along uh, came away from these three fits with nine points, that would be um, that would be tremendous. Um, pressure I feel on these next three fits, for example, to rack up the points because then you're going into a run of games where you think, well, potentially, you know, we could be looking at one or two points from you know, five games. So although I accept what you said before, David, about um, you know and somewhat being bonus fixes because of the recent run. You've got to think what's to come after these games. So really, we do need to be going as we possibly can. But it's, it's a tall order. After that, we're away at Arsenal, home to Southampton and Leicester, and then away at Liverpool on the 27th of December, which is just... Oh. Which is oh. just crap, isn't it? 27th of December, like, what's the point? <laughs> like... I, I, don't, I don't like to get all kind of, like, against modern football, uh, grumpy... But go on and, and yeah, and go yeah. on, Dave. Like, c- come on, get on like, your soapbox, Dave. What's, what, what's the point? Who who does that help apart from Sky just having a game to show us on that day? I can't, I can't <laughs> even muster the energy to rant about it. It's just so stupid. Uh, anyway, Zach, we've been asked on Twitter if you can describe Bojan using your best American slang. <laughs> oh man. Um, he is a, 
he's a he's a, a hella cool rad dude <laughs> and and I love I love the way he dribbles the ball down the field in his jersey and then when he then he scores a soccer goal past the goalie <laughs> and I just I just think that's awesome <laughs> You, you you sounded like yeah. someone doing a bad impression of an American. And well, well done. <laughs> that's that's how I that's how I feel about my life in general sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was important we get wow. you on on this show uh, because you know next week we might not be able to contact you. They might have all gone horribly wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, after after Tuesday, this might be the last you ever hear of me when the uh, when the Civil War starts. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least your last potentially your last Stoke goal will be a, a nice finish from Bojan, your favourite player. So, yeah, that that feels right before before this whole country just becomes Benghazi. I think we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much to Mark Combs for joining us. Mark, uh, tell us about Planet Football. Where can we find that? Um, just on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter at the moment, mainly Facebook, um, with the website to follow, hopefully January the 3rd, but it's not the first date I've been given. <laughs> so um, <laughs> don't, hold, don't hold me to that, but that's the next aim. So certainly early next year, you'll see a website. And it's a celebration of football, past and present is the time. So hopefully a few nice Stoke pieces on there to follow. Excellent. Uh, Chris, where can people find you on Twitter? Slash, have you got anything to plug? Um, uh, uh, people can find me on Twitter at Bramard, um, but I also have my sideline as a virtual football manager, um, and you can find me on that at VR Football. And I'm currently with Monthly, and it's oh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't go into much more detail. Come and find out yourself. Uh, Zach, where can people find your conspiracy theories? <laughs> Oh man, just the uh, the deep web. Um, <laughs> you gotta pay with bitcoins. No, I'm on I'm on Twitter at uh at Noah Stokey. Um, okay, you can follow if you want. You don't have to. And you can either follow. <laughs> probably, probably not. Worth it. You can follow or not follow at David Calajor. And if you like printed magazines, remember them. Uh, I've got two articles appearing in the next issue of Soccer Bible magazine. Uh, which is coming out late November, Ooh. I believe. Uh, that's it from us at Wizards of Drivel for all your Twitter stuff. Hopefully we'll be back during the international break with a bit of a random non-match-related episode, so uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Talk at West Ham yes, Parking. It's an entire hour of yeah. London Stadium parking logistics. We'll, we'll have a... <laughs> You asked for it, so we recorded it. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. Thank you again for listening, and goodbye. Hi, it's David here. Just wanted to apologise for the kind of choppy audio you probably heard in the second half there. The difficulties of recording over Skype across two continents with four people. So, yeah, one of these things hopefully will sound a lot clearer in the next episode, which will be next Saturday. Until then, it's at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter for all your correspondence. You can email wizardsofdrivelpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Give us a review on iTunes. Tweet us. Give us a shout out on the Oatcake message board. Whatever you like. Thanks for listening again. Goodbye.